Hey y'all, welcome back. Part two here on a Wednesday, July 20th, 2022 edition here on the Chase Most Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Pod Network. Thank you for uh, making the Chase Most Podcast part of your daily listen wherever and however you check out the Chase Most Podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, part two, Rusty Wright, head football coach at UTC, University of Tennessee Chattanooga, uh, the mock. So we were able to talk all about his career last season, the transfer portal, uh, FCS football, the future there, SoCon, his uh, his philosophy on offense and defense, Colt Strange, um, who I'm first rounder to New England. So a uh, lot, of, lot of fun stuff. Um, the QB battle this summer and where that's going heading into fall camp. Uh, but just a lot of fun uh, being able to talk to Coach Wright about his program and his uh, career and uh, learned a lot. So I think you guys will very much enjoy our conversation. Part two here on a Wednesday, July 20th, 2022 edition here on the Chase Most Podcast. Make sure to check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Chase Most Podcast. All of our videos uploaded there. Um, all kinds of stuff as we keep uh, maximizing our YouTube presence. So make sure you're uh, liking and subscribing our stuff over on youtube.com slash chase podcast as always you can get in touch with the program at chase podcast at gmail.com tweet at me at chase double underscore thomas and like the facebook page at facebook.com slash chase thomas writer all right uncle darren let's go chase thomas podcast the chase thomas podcast um my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right, we're back here on the Chase Thomas Podcast, taping this on a Tuesday afternoon. First timer, Coach Rusty Wright over there in Chattanooga, the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga Mocks. Good afternoon, sir. How are you doing? Doing great, man. How about you? I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Uh, my fiance's uh, father-in-law played at UTC way yeah. back in the day. So, and not to, I, I apologize to Gary for the way back in the day uh, portion of that comment, but uh he's a mock so he's going to be dialed in for this so uh, i'm just uh, i'm excited to to talk with you about your your team and uh where your team is going but um how does it feel like you've been at utc for as long as you already have (laughs) well i've been here a couple of times so it does add up you know and uh uh no i mean this year's been completely different than the last two because Mm. Last however many, you know, I, I can't, I can't keep straight because it's been normal this year yeah. from start to finish. So, uh, that's been a good thing, you know? So, um, I don't, I don't, I don't ever look at, I don't think about it that way. I just yeah. get up every morning and go to the next one. And, you know, you try to think ahead a little bit for some things, but I just, I just kind of go and do, and that's what we do. I don't even worry about it or pay attention to it. So it feels normal now. You feel like y'all are all back to hundred percent of what it was years ago now. Yeah, I mean, well, my first year here was not normal either. We had some yep. issues and, and those kind of things, and then you throw COVID in the next year, and then so you know, getting back in January this year and, and having a normal spring workout, then a spring practice, and now you're having a normal summer and and going that way. Uh, it feels like football is supposed to feel when you're you're doing it for a, you know at, at the college level. That's it's like it's supposed to be. What did you miss with losing those spring and summer workouts? How did that change what you how you just approached the the fall football season? Well, I mean, it changes the development of guys, and mm. uh, you know, it, at our level, we don't get a lot of finished products. We're still a developmental program. I mean, we mm. still have to go get guys that need to be developed and need to be grown and, and need to be taught things. And when you miss that, I mean, I've got some guys that are 
redshirt sophomores that are closer to graduating than they are finishing their eligibility. I mean, hmm. they're like two semesters away from graduating, you know, and they're going to have two years. So that's the thing is you miss that development of playing the game or of being in the weight room consistently and, and getting better that way. That's what, you know, a lot of us at our level missed. Well, how's your summer going this year? Uh, is there like, is there just been any, uh, any surprises for you? Are you pretty happy with how the program's developing and where you're at uh, going into fall camp? Really, really excited about how these guys have been this summer. I think we've had great workouts. Uh, you know, our, this is our second year with Jerry Pacetti, our strength coach, and uh, he's done a phenomenal job with those guys from last summer to this summer and now continuing it. Uh, just been really, really pleased how these guys work. I'm really excited to get out there and get with them because I think it's a group that's going to give us everything they've got. Whether we're good enough or not, I don't know. We'll figure that out when we go out there and play. But I know they're going to give us everything they got by watching them work in the weight room and work on the practice field and doing the running and all that stuff. And we've had a good semester last spring in the, in the classroom. We've had a good semester so far this summer. And just I am excited to go watch these guys. I really am. I'm excited. To be, uh, it makes me excited to go be around them. So I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for that. How have you changed as a coach since the first time you took this job? I uh, keep learning. I learned a lot. You know, um, that first year is kind of like a whirlwind when they tell you it's going to go quick. I mean, it does from the first game to the last game. I mean, it was fast. Mm. And then uh, you throw the stuff we had in with COVID and all that stuff and trying to navigate those waters and make decisions nobody's ever made decisions for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then last fall, I learned a lot. You know, I learned a lot about young people. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about, you know, how I've got to be. Um, and uh, hopefully it pays off for us. You know, what were some examples like that? What did you, I, you know, I, I put a lot of trust in some, in some young guys that I thought had grown enough to handle it and mm-hmm. that they weren't quite grown enough to handle it, you know, mm-hmm. and handle things the right way. And, um, you know, I've learned some things about how I've got to go about being me when it comes to I've got to continuous continuously to be me, not worry about people's feelings or my feelings or whatever. And uh, I kind of took that for took a step back with some of that uh, mm-hmm. last year because of the COVID issues and us coming out of it and, you know, having an older group and those kind of things. And then you have the transfer portal, you worry about all this. And I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to go be me. And if it it is what it is. So, uh, you know, that's the thing I did. I mean, I I had to sit down at the end of the year and take a real hard look at myself and what I was doing and how I was doing things. And, and I feel like I've corrected some things and that's why I'm excited about getting back out there and getting with these guys. Has the portal affected your day to day at all, or is it just bit like you're pretty used to it now, and it's just a part of part of your day, part of part of the job? Yeah, well, it's part of the job now. Uh, you know, knock on wood for us, um, we've not had many kids leave here. Uh, there were really good players. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had some guys leave, try to go find opportunities other places because they weren't playing. Um, I think that's probably getting ready to end for us in the next year or so. You know, I, think, I think we're going to have some harder time hanging on to guys. Uh, you know, you get a first round draft pick last year that plays his whole time here when he could have been somewhere else. That's pretty, mm-hmm. pretty rare. Um, we got two guys that would probably have a really good shot of getting drafted this year that hung around, you know, that I'm sure could have gotten paid to go somewhere else or, you know, enticed right. to go somewhere else. Uh, they hung around and that just kind of shows you the kind of people we got in the building and, and the kind of kids they are you know, which is even better. So, uh, but it's changed. It has, it's changed our landscapes. We still try to be a, a high school, uh, based recruiting deal, you know, mm-hmm. uh, university, but 
there's some strains and stresses on that too. You know, when when it comes to that, I think uh, that's changed a little bit as well. I think kids are trying to make decisions earlier uh, that aren't good for them. Uh, I think you need to see kids play their senior year of high school mm-hmm. before taking a commitment from them. I, we don't take we take very few commitments here in June, July, and August. We watch them play huh. as a senior. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's just kind of how we go about doing it. But it transfer portal has changed things, and it's going to continue to change things until they figure out what they're going to do with it and how they're going to do it. The Cole Strange stuff, and we'll get to him in a second. I just those are the happy stories that people love about college football, and I I really hope we don't we don't lose that. It's one of those things too. I wish, I mean, just talking to so many different coaches and folks in this industry, it's like one of the things that I wish, and it's I think hard when you're young and when you're 18, 19, 20, making big time decisions. That I mean, it's just a lot of people in your ear, and it's tough. Like it's it's really tough on them. But it is one of those things. You will not find an NFL evaluator who's like it. If you're not good, we won't find you. If you're really good at UTC, we'll find you at UTC. If you're Antonio Brown at Central Michigan, we'll find you at Central Michigan. And that I I don't under like that's something that I think has been lost where it's like, oh, you got to go somewhere else to be noticed. I mean, that's not reality. That's just if you're in a good spot and you're coached really well and you trust that staff and they've developed you to that point where those other power five schools or whatever it is are chasing you, that means where you're at, they're doing something right. And if you stay the course there, you're still going to get drafted. You're still going to find your way. Cincinnati's, Coastal Carolinas, you can go up and down the list. It doesn't even have to be FBS. It's at sure. UTC. It can be FCS. It's just, I think that's something that's lost um, for a lot of these young kids and the people in their circle where it's just important to stress to them. It's just like the people who are influencing these decisions. It's just that like, hey, Cole Strange just won the first round. Find an, Find me an NFL evaluator right now who said that we do not have the resources to find kids who can be NFL players with our scouting system, with our tapes and everything else. We'll find you like that is not an issue. And it it seems like that's not talked about enough. Is that fair? Oh yeah. There's no, there's no question. Yeah. I need, you need to come do your recruiting spiel when you need to come do that. I'm only an hour and a half coach. You got me like when you want me in the building, uh, I'll, I'll come through. I got you. I got you, but it is. And it's a, it's a, it's a misconception for sure. Mm -hmm. But it's no different than us going out recruiting high school kids. I mean, if Mm -hmm. you can play somewhere, we can go find you. I promise you with with all the resources we have nowadays and, and we get out on the road and do that stuff. But yeah, if you can play, professional football if there's a chance you can play professional football that league will know about you wherever you are there's no question question. and you only could take so many mccalley guys right like you can only just go right down the road you got to go venture out a little bit sometimes i mean yeah i've heard that they might lose at some point but uh they're doing a you know ralph potter's a former he's an alum from here and he does yeah he was in the pot a few months ago and his dad is the one who i believe coached my uh um my father or soon to be father-in-law yeah, at UTC, yeah. like the, the Chattanooga roots, they are pretty strong. They are. Yeah, they are. They do a great job over there. It's a, they, they, they got a phenomenal program. Do a really good job. Uh, what was your favorite part about coaching your guys last year? Well, it's always just being with them. And that's mm-hmm. the one thing people don't understand is there's nothing like being in that locker room after you win. I mean, that that's a, you know, it's a special feeling and, Truly, honestly, if you're all the way in, there's nothing like being in that locker room after you've lost, mm-hmm. seeing the hurt on people's faces and seeing how much people have invested. In, and you know those things matter to, 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 to guys. And that's that's the biggest thing is, you know, I only got so many more years around the sun and they, I got more behind me than I got in front of me. Well, but, we don't know. Coach, we don't know. I, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> for that. 
But what I'm saying is, is, is I know those moments are special. Yeah. I, you know, not everybody gets to do what I do. And not besides coaching, besides being the head coach of the alma mater, that it's a special thing for me and I don't take it for granted. I like it. Um, what makes your team, if I like, if I got the rest of the SOCON, I got Furman, I got the Citadel, I got everybody on your schedule. I got them on the horn and I was like, Hey, what's the most pain in the butt aspect of playing against a rusty right coach team? What do you think they would say? I think what you, they're going to say, what you see is what you get. Hmm. And that kind of drives people crazy. You know, <laughs> we kind of line up and just play defense. Yeah. You know? make people beat us. We don't do a whole lot defensively. We don't really do a whole lot offensively. We try to limit the mistakes we make in a game. And I know that's coach talk, but I mean, literally we do very, very little defensively and offensively. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty similar. So uh, we're not overly complicated where you, I mean, you line up. I mean, I'm sure half this league can draw up our defense and what we do against them without even watching film. Mm-hmm. And then offensively, they know we're going to hand it off to 32 and then take a shot every once in a while and go from there. So you're kind of like Iowa of FCS in a lot of ways, right? I, I hope to be. That would be awful good for a long time. I'd, I'd like to be Kirk Ferentz in Iowa for a long time here. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, longest tenured FBS coach. They just, I, I think people take guys like Kirk Ferentz for granted um, of just the stability. And I mean, getting to number two last year and I just, but they, the, the reason I brought them up too is just that like, when you watch the tape on them defensively and you see what they're doing, they teams know what I was going to do what, defensively, but you just can't do anything. They're just so fundamentally sound that they, they are going to be in the right gaps. They're going to be where they need to be. They know exactly what their role is and you're just not going to phase them. And it seems, sounds like that's kind of like what you've instilled in Chattanooga. No, that's what we try to do. We got good players too. Just like they, I mean, they got good mm-hmm. players. You, you can only do so much if you only got good players, but uh, yeah, I mean, we got good players in spots and we try to keep things simple for them, for them to go play fast and to go use their abilities as well as they can and, and uh, feel pretty good about that. And we do, I mean, we like the matchups we get with our guys against most of the people in the league mm-hmm. and, you know, feel like our guys are better over there, especially up front. I think we're probably one of the better, if not the best defensive line group in the, in the league. And mm-hmm. so, you let those guys go and uh, just don't get in their way. And then that makes everybody behind them a little better when you're good up front. A lot of coaches have a good feeling on how a certain week's going to go by Thursday. They've done the film work and they, that's one of the funniest things I've learned as I've gotten older. It's just that like, they're not usually surprised about how a game's going to go come Saturday afternoon or whenever it is. Did you know by Thursday that you were going to play Kentucky close, that there is, that was going to be a close back and forth and it would be a one score game. You know, that was one I wasn't sure. I knew our guys would be excited. Uh, but the the X factor in that is Kentucky. Yeah. You don't know how they're going to play. Mm. I thought we would play – I thought our guys would be excited, go play hard and, and play well. Mm. I wasn't sure how they were going to play. You know, that was that was the thing. I didn't know it would be like it was. I thought we would go in there and go play and, and give ourselves an opportunity to win, which we did it, it, for the most part of the game. But I didn't realize, you know, when you're watching it, you're like, I spend the first quarter basically watching the O-line and the D-line on both mm-hmm. sides, seeing how the line of scrimmage goes. And, you know, first couple of series is like, even though they moved the ball and, and we didn't really move it a whole bunch early, I was like, man, eh, we'll be okay today. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. and, and I knew that. And, uh, but the, the, you know, when you have a team that's pretty good and then you're playing a team that's either, you know, 
I had a good, pretty good football team last year, not a great one, but pretty good. And then you go play an SEC school, we have to play so much better, and they have to come down a little bit. So that that was the X factor, and that is like, I'm not sure how they're going to play. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought we would play pretty good, and you know, we did for the most part to give ourselves a chance. Absolutely. Um, Cole Strange, will he be a star in New England? Do you have any doubt about it? No, I mean, I, I think the guy's got all the tools and the work ethic to go play. I think, um, you know, his, his biggest thing is where does he fit? Is he a center? Is he a guard? You know, they got David Andrews up there. He's been playing up there for a while now. Uh, is he the right guard? Is he left guard? Do they try and make him a utility guy to get him through a game? I mean, those are all things, you know, that they make those decisions doing. So, but I, I think he can play in the league for a long time. I really do. What's his best skill? He is a play to echo the whistle finisher nasty guy he will fit in perfectly up there in new england you know but skill wise i mean he's got strong he's got long arms strong hands he's got mm-hmm. really he's got a set of the strongest hands i've ever been around and he puts those on you it's pretty much over and and uh you know just work ethic and all that and that, i know that's coach cliche but can you teach that though no <laughs> No. So you knew pretty early on it was like that. Is that one of the things you look for in uh, the line that folks don't see? Sure you do. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, sure, sure you do. But no, you can't teach some of the things Cole did because he those those were intrinsic. I mean, that was the way he's you know just the makeup of his DNA and how he was brought up and and uh, mm-hmm. made to be and and that's what gave himself an opportunity. Did you know pretty early on that he was going to be a really good player? Like uh, he walks in the building, you're like, okay, this guy's different. Yeah, you know when we left here. Um, he had come back. He had actually committed to Air Force and came mm-hmm. back when we all left here in, in uh, 16. We thought we were actually getting a really good – we didn't know if he was going to play defensive end or offensive line. I mean, you know, mm. he was a big, long, stringy joker at that time, you know. <laughs> and uh, could, could run, would hit you, was nasty. Loved him out of high school. We loved mm-hmm. him out of high school. Uh, didn't know that's what his fit was going to be. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be offensive line. And then uh, when I came back after being gone for two years and watching him play, I'm like, this guy, all he's got to be his coach. He's going to have a really good chance to be a really good player. And he took to it. I mean, he took to coaching. He took to getting better. He took to eating right and lifting the right way and doing those things, trying to give himself a chance. And good, great student, all that stuff. I mean, just, just took to all those things to go give himself an opportunity. Who's the next Cole Strange on your roster right now? Do you have one? Uh, we got a couple. You know, McClendon Curtis is going to have an opportunity to uh, play on Sundays. Devontae Maxwell. McClendon is going to be a guard or tackle for us. Depends on where he is. McClendon's 6'7", 325, you know. Um, but he's going to have an opportunity to go and, and, and do some things at the end of this year. Uh, Devontae Maxwell plays three technique for us. I think he's seven or eight sacks away from breaking the conference sack record as a three technique. Man. Yeah, you know, so he's a very powerful, strong, great. Guy. Both those guys have already graduated. One's working on a master's, one's working on a second major. Uh, you know, so I mean, those two guys are next. I think a running back of Lim Ford will have a chance at some point in time. Um, Jay Person, who's only a junior for us, the defensive end uh, from Bradley County, right up the road. I think he's going to have an opportunity. Ty Beck is a young man that plays linebacker for us. That uh, is a prototypical probably outside linebacker in the NFL that'll have, you know, I hope he gets in camp somewhere and gets himself an opportunity. So we got some guys that'll have a chance. You're out at Chattanooga Lookouts game and uh, some folks stop you and they're like, hey, coach, we're like, this is October, September or whatever. And they're like, hey, uh, this looks different than what we've seen the last couple of years from you and your team. Uh, what's up? What do you think they'll be most surprised about? What do you think they would uh, stop you and ask you about? <laughs> 
Oh me. <laughs> well, I could tell you, but then it blow, and then it blows a surprise for the guys. Oh, that yeah, that's an issue. I can't do that right now, so because I got something special. So there will be something different. There will be. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I like th- that's uh, it's ominous. I like it. I'm old school, but I'm not cranky old school. I can <laughs> do some things to, to help those guys. I, I like those guys to be happy. I promise you, I do. Yeah, there you go. Um, what's the biggest position battle for you to watch the for fall camp? What are you most excited about? Which position battle? Um, you know, we got Cole Copeland coming back at quarterback, but we've got a transfer from Eastern Michigan, Preston Hutchinson, who I think is going to be a really good player for us. Uh, both of them are worked their tails off since they both got here or mm-hmm. since Preston got here in the spring. Uh, I think safety is another one for us. We lost two all-conference safeties. Um, we got a redshirt freshman and a couple older guys battling it out, you know, back there for that spot. And then trying to figure out the other piece, we got to find one more tackle, you know, mm-hmm. one more offensive tackle. So uh, seeing those guys go through that. So those are really the, the three biggest. I think we've got a good young group of wideouts. I'm excited to watch go play. Uh, defensively we've got pretty much everybody that played a lot last year is back so it'll be interesting to see left or right tackle that you're looking for right now trying to find the best three we'll figure out okay. the nation where they are you know our level you got to have a pair and a spare you know <laughs> i mean that's that's kind of how you i hadn't heard that before i like oh that. dude man that's old that that is old there now that, that pair and a spare yeah, i like pair that and a spare you know so <laughs> Um, that, but that's, that's the thing. That's what we try and do. And just, we're trying to figure out the best combination. We lost, you know, three or four guys up there from last year. So we're trying to find find the best combination of guys and how to use people and, and do that. And, uh, really like the way those guys work to get that done. There you go. I like it. Uh, when you look back at the Mercer Citadel games to close last year, what did you see that you're like, all right, we need to clean this up for next year. Or did those two games just kind of unfold the way they did? And you're, you don't really have any qualms about what happened in those two. No, I mean, we were uncharacteristic in the Mercer game. We turned the ball over like four times. We hadn't done mm-hmm. that all year. I mean, and they were not they were not forced errors. They were unforced errors, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, we missed two field goals at an extra point or missed a field goal at an extra point as well. Um, mm-hmm. Hadn't done that. You know, um, I don't know if the more we played in that game – that we got nervous about playing in that game. I, you know, it didn't seem like it leading up that week in practice. I don't think we played particularly well at the quarterback spot during that game. You know, we have to get better at that spot. Um, and in the Citadel game, I'll be honest with you, I just don't think we played worth a crap. You know? mm-hmm. We really didn't play worth, We really didn't play well offensively. I mean, we, we scored 21 points, but, you know, when you're playing those option teams, goal is to have 28 and – keep them out, you know, force them mm-hmm. to kick one field goal, you know, and that, that would have been the winner. So, and we still had an opportunity to win it at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, we still get the ball back with two minutes, 40 something seconds and have a chance to at least go tie or go win it. And uh, I think we throw, I don't know, one of the worst balls I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> interception. So, you know, I mean, it just is what it is, but we hadn't talked about it. You know, I mean, I, I just promised those guys that um, whatever happened that, you know, we were going to get out, put that behind us and, and go. I know they were disappointed. Um, I don't think we had some older guys play as well as they should have and take some things to heart and get some things done those last two weeks. I think they were deflated after we played Mercer and we lost one game and it cost us two losses. Hmm. And you can't do that. You, good football teams don't lose two games in a row. They don't. You know, hopefully age and maturity takes care of that. And 
again, I learned a lot about myself and, and doing things last year. I don't think our age and maturity matched last year. Do you think this is a playoff team this year? I think we have an opportunity. I really do. Okay. I, think we, I think we have an opportunity to be a – how good a football team we can be, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think these guys are going to give themselves every opportunity to be a good football team. I really do. It's been a little different around here the last four or five months. So, Would you like to see the Ivy League finally join the FCS playoffs? Get Dartmouth in here? I, I don't really care. <laughs> I mean, that's that, – yeah. I mean, I always got, thought that was they, strange. They got the best get going. They play ten games and they're done. They don't have to worry yeah. about anything else. They start later and they get finished and they're over. You know, so. it's just weird to me. Like Dartmouth is a good. Pro- I would like to see them in the FCS playoffs. I'd like to see how they perform. Like I would I like mean, to see the Ivy League match up against you guys. Uh, usually, Princeton, Harvard, Dartmouth, yeah. good football teams. There's, there's no question. They, they get a lot of good football players. A right. lot of good football players there, and I'm, I'm not sure I'd want to play them. But I don't. Hmm. You know, they're not playing, so I don't really care. They don't ever voice their concerned about playing so it's just yeah it doesn't seem like it's happening anytime soon no it's just 10 less teams i gotta worry about going to the playoffs so there you go yeah. uh rusty how do the good folks uh support the the mocks this summer this fall what uh what can the folks in east tennessee do to support your program well the biggest thing is in the falls come see us at finley stadium you mm-hmm. know i mean that's the thing i think we have one of the one of the nicest little venues at our level um you know so it's right there at the foot of lookout mountain Mm-hmm. And uh, Signal Mountain on the other side, you're about two minutes away from everything in downtown Chattanooga. You want to get to Chattanooga is a great city. Yep. Uh, we got a university that's growing, um, and that's the biggest thing is, is show up. You know, you can you can come watch us play, and you can still be home and watch whoever else you want to play later on that evening in 25, 30 minutes compared to sitting in traffic for an hour and a half, two and a half hours trying to get out of a, a big stadium. And, and it's good football. We got guys that will play at the next level, and we'll play people that way. And, and that's the biggest thing is just show up, be loud, and uh, help us out. Come buy a ticket. There you go. Are you an aquarium guy? Have you been? Do you go? I've been a bunch. Yeah, most of the time during recruiting trips. But yeah. <laughs> so is that <laughs> a thing? Kids are all in. You take them on. That's nah, a we used to. Pitch? We have before. We do it. We do it times. It's a neat place, man. Yeah. Was, I, I was here when the first side opened, and yeah, I uh, was around for the second side. So it's Chenu's got a lot going on. It's it's big enough, but not too big. And uh, you know, we can get to you can get to Atlanta. You can get to be in downtown Atlanta two hours. You can be in Birmingham two hours. You can be in Nashville in two hours. You can be in Nashville an hour and a half. You can be at the beach in six hours. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's a good little spot. Absolutely, absolutely. Any summer reading uh, recommendations for the listener? I read uh, John. He's so funny. I never read like I mean like like books. I never read books. Yeah. So, uh, I read them online and things mm-hmm. like that. But uh, I read John Grisham's The Reckoning. Oh, speech, so. oh, hold on, Coach. I got it's you. Hold stuff. on. Yeah. Hold on. I got you. There, there you go. go. I got stuff. you. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I yeah. love I love Grisham. Small yeah. world. There you go. We we recommend. I don't know if you guys have heard this up and coming author John Grisham. He has this book called uh, The Reckoning. So there's his a, free plug. It's yeah, like, I got a I got a lot of uh, I got a lot of his hardbacks too. You know, from back in the day. But I was just walking through somewhere and saw it and I was like, I ain't read this. So I'll read this. <laughs> you know, so there you go, Rusty. This has been great. I appreciate you making the time today. Uh, good luck this season, and we'll have to check back in again soon. Yeah, Chase, appreciate it. You, you guys come see us and uh, tell your soon-to-be father-in-law, stop in anytime he's around. There you go. I like it. He's still got a lot of family up in uh, Chattanooga, so we'll make it happen. Awesome. All right, y'all, that'll do it for part two here on a Wednesday, July 20th, 2022 edition here on the Chase Most Podcast. Thank you, as always, for making time for the Chase Most Podcast each and every day with new content on this very feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. 
We're right there. New content every single day. So I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Rusty Wright. Uh, If you enjoyed the conversation, I would love it if you could take one second and leave this show a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or however you get your podcasts. It helps other people find the show and it helps this very show continue to grow. Part three coming up in just one second with Christopher Powers of Golf Digest to talk all things live and PGA Tour. Um, So look out for that on this very feed right after this. But uh, yeah, thank you as always and uh, happy listening. Uncle Derek, how'd I do? Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.